Hi. Hey there. Hey there. Hi, my uh, my friends at Whiskey and Weird. Thank you for for joining me tonight, weirdos. I'm super glad that you're here. Um. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk haunted dolls and other objects. So thank you to those who are gonna show up tonight watching, but also thank you to those of you watching the replay and that are listening in later. Um, I am super excited to talk about this actually, and I do have a guest doo -doo -doo coming on. Um, so yeah, I have a whiskey to try, so we're gonna get started with that in just a second. But um, anyway, as you hop on, I'll say this 12 times, as you hop on, say hello and um, tell me what you're drinking tonight, okay? Because I kind of want to know. And you know what's funny is this platform that I use here, I cannot see, like those of you who are on Facebook can actually see who's chiming in, like on, on who's visiting and who stops in. I can't see that. So that's why I really want you to say hi, because I'm really grateful for you. It gives me this warm and fuzzy feeling when you come and say hello to me, even if it's only for a minute. Um, so definitely chime in and say hello. And um, Mr. Pete Wren, if, you, if you're watching, just know I know you're here. I can see you, ha <laughs> super cool. I'm so, so excited to have my friend on. Um, and uh, I, I'm gonna uh, open my whiskey. So I decided to go with a Japanese whiskey tonight. Um, I wasn't really sure what I was gonna do. And to be honest, I was completely, hi Janine, I'm so happy you're here. Um, thanks for saying hi. I, I'm gonna come see you later. Um, I noticed I was like needing some inspiration for my whiskey tonight. And um, today is May 1st, as you may know. So happy May Day, Mary Beltane, all those things. Um, uh, if you are not aware, it is the um, Asian and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And so I saw that. Um, yeah, I know we could get into some conversations about that, but really it just seemed like an inspiration to go out and get a Japanese whiskey. Now, most people know of Suntory, right? And I brought on, I started bringing on this cool book that my daughter got for me. This is the Whiskey Dictionary, right? It's super cool. Love it. Love my daughter. Um, and so I looked up Japanese whiskey in there, and what's funny is that in there, of course, it refers mostly to Suntory and the founders and creators of that whiskey. And I think it has a date in there that the first whiskey distillery um, opened and started um, creating whiskey in 1924. This beautiful whiskey right here, Hatozaki, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. I probably am not. But if anyone knows how to pronounce it, you might correct me on that. Um, it is. It says on here that they've been distillers in Japan since 1917. So it's a little curious, right? And um, that's like seven years before uh, they started started doing any of that. But it's really, really beautiful. This is actually a lighthouse on there, if you can see that. For So those of you um, just listening in, you should check this out next time you're at the liquor store. It's a really beautiful bo uh, bottle. And this is the Hatozaki Lighthouse, actually. 
um, which is located right near the distillery. And um, it says it's the oldest stone lighthouse in Japan and has been a guide for sailors navigating the turbulent waters before the port of Akashi since 1620. It is a symbol of dependability, openness to the wider world and trade, which enables the exchange of goods and ideas. We chose this lighthouse, which stands so close to our distillery as the perfect icon to represent our whiskey. Anyway, I think it's beautiful. It's a really beautiful label. Um, and let's see if it's good. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Lisa. You guys, welcome. Thanks for saying hi. I really appreciate that. I was just saying a minute ago, I can't, because of the platform I'm using, I can't see like you guys can who's stopping by and visiting. Um, and, you know, even if you can't stay, it's... It, it makes me feel good that you even stopped by. So I'm happy to have you. We're going to be talking about haunted dolls and objects after I taste my whiskey. So stick around for that conversation. And I got my um, cool guest coming on in a minute. So I'm going to I'm gonna taste my whiskey and see what this is. The color is really beautiful. They don't add any color to it. And um, it's like some, did you know, some whiskeys, they do that sometimes. Hmm. It's very flowery. Let's see how it smells in the glass. It's so clear. It looks like somebody who just peed and has had a lot of water to drink today. That's what it looks like to me. All right. Ooh, ooh, this smell reminds me of something and it's eluding me right now. There's something really citrusy about it, too. All right, time to have a taste. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hmm? A little bit of honey. Don't really get the citrusy on the tongue. But it's pretty, it's really, it's warm in a good way. A little burn on the roof of the mouth, but the finish is pretty quick. Um, it's quick, but there's still lingering burn a little bit. It's pretty yummy. I think I like it. But you know what? Uh, Suntory and other Japanese whiskeys, I haven't tasted a Japanese whiskey yet that I didn't like, to be perfectly honest. Um, so yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. If you guys are just chiming in, please say hi so I know that you're here. Um, if you have a beverage tonight, you can tell me what you're drinking, um, cause I'll be super happy to hear that too. So, um, as you probably know, we're going to be talking, um, we're going to be talking, uh, haunted objects and dolls. Um, and I have my buddy, I'm going to bring him on in like 30 seconds, um, and so I'm glad you guys are here. Sorry, I was just sending him a little message. He can't stay on the whole time. So um, so I'm gonna go ahead and bring him on. You guys, if you're here, say hi if you have questions. Um, oh cool, mango cart. I don't know what that is, Lisa. You'll have to tell me what that is. But I'm gonna go ahead, I'm bringing you on, Mr. Pete Wren. Here, here you come, you ready? All right. Hello. 
Hello. You know what, Pete? Really quickly, I know you've been on with me a couple times, but I know we have, um, we probably have some viewers that um, don't know who you are. Can you give us just like your quick 30, 30 second um, introduction? Because I'll, I probably would not be able to do it in 30 seconds. I would talk forever and ever about all the cool things that you do. So what's important to you about your history? Um, okay, I've been a paranormal investigator now for 20, 26, 27 years. Um, I was, um, I was ex-director of TAPS. Uh, I was an international liaison for TAPS. Uh, I just uh, recently authored two books on the paranormal. Um, I am a documenting um, investigator for an all-day exorcist down in Washington. Um, I have, uh, I currently have my own um, paranormal foundation group, uh, which we do fundraising and various uh, other activities in relation to our group. And um, yeah, just. Um, Oh, I, I also have a documentary show, uh, award-winning documentary show on YouTube, uh, which is on the Paranormal Network, and uh, that is now, uh, that's about to be taken off and uh, relaunched. Well, we've we're, we're potentially got other avenues that we're going to be looking at at the moment with that. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, that is it. And your, your, your YouTube series is called We Want to Believe, for people who are wondering, and I do share... I do share it sometimes on Whiskey and Weird, so people who follow might know about that. And I actually shared your episodes um, on haunted objects that you did earlier this week yeah, in, yeah, pre in preparation for tonight's show. Um, yeah, that, that was kind of interesting because we, uh, uh, before the show, probably about three months before the show, on my social media pages, I put a post on there about uh, alleged haunted objects. And uh, I had numerous people come forward with, different objects from the past and stuff like that. And uh, we did have a, um, uh, a, a murderer's ashes as well, which would, which belonged to a very good friend of the show as well, allegedly had activity with it as well. And there were various other, like, there was haunted dolls as well, which seems to be the common thing at the moment with uh, haunted objects. And uh, a couple of other things as well, with like a, a mirror that was uh, that had reclaimed wood on there from India and uh, various other things. So it's good. Yeah, no, it's a pretty cool episode. So um, maybe, you know, you can share kind of your ideas about some of those different objects. But first of all, what's your what's your general take on haunted objects? Like, what, um, what's your belief I, around that? I, I actually believe in the theory that um, obviously on the spiritual side that energy can trans you know transfer into matter and uh you know buildings and stuff like that obviously that's why we the, the, the theory behind hornets and stuff like that uh with objects as well i believe i do believe that that can happen but i think over the last 10 15 years it's become more glamorized mm -hmm. in respect of what's been portrayed on media uh when when i started many many moons ago uh there were you know, there were lots of talk about certain objects, but that was mostly folklore in relation to certain objects that were supposed to be haunted and stuff like that. And now, over the last decade, um, everything is haunted in the respect of that. Um, I've, I've investigated a number of objects uh, myself. Um, I haven't really had that much compelling evidence 
from them, and I've had a lot of objects donate to me. I'm not doing a John John Sabbath, Sabbath, uh, you know, taking taking haunted uh, valuable objects off of people or anything like that. But yeah. um, I do I do have a collection of Ouija um, books, which this is one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm about 13, 14 of them that um, uh, probably half of them were donated from clients that believed that they were, it was associated with paranormal activity. And um, I, there, there's nothing to, for me to believe that anything's come out of them, which I'm, you know, I'm not, I don't, you know, I'm not saying that it wouldn't happen or anything like that. But uh, that, for me to say that, uh, you know, an object can be haunted is pretty naive for me because of what we do as a paranormal investigator. Mm-hmm. But uh, proof is in the pudding, and uh, there there hasn't been much validation for me. Yeah, well, I think it's interesting if you if you you kind of have to get down to the definition of what does haunted mean, right? Like yeah. this, the the notion of you know, dolls opening and closing their eyes and their heads spinning around or moving. You know, people claim these things happen all the time. And maybe they do. I mean, I think people believe what they believe they experience. But I don't I don't think it's really common on any stretch. But I, what I do think is common, and I think you will agree, at least to a certain point, is that everything absorbs energy, right? So like all things can carry that and perhaps some things for whatever reason, um, you know, maybe they are objects used for poor purposes, for scary things, for awful things or whatnot that can hold on to that energy and people can feel it. Could there be a residual effect that that, uh, projects itself? Maybe, I don't know about that. Um, but I definitely think that I have, I'll love your take on this because I don't necessarily, you know, think about haunted objects, but I do necessarily think about the energy that is coming off of them and how it feels to me. Right. One time I brought home this book from an old job. It was like a church and people used to bring shit there and leave it and just say free. And so there were all these books and I was really drawn to this old Bible for whatever reason. And I kept walking around, looking at it, walking around, looking at it. So at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm going to take this Bible home. And I took it home and it sat on my dining room table. And my kids started saying, and I, and I had noticed it too, but they're like, something feels really off. And in the end, both my children decided that it was this Bible that I brought home with no idea what it was, but when we removed it, it felt different again. And so, you know, like, and you can only have you, I had that experience and it was real to me and made sense and on a certain level. But um, do I think the book was haunted? Not necessarily. I just think that someone might have spent a lot of time with that Bible. Um, it was really old. And somehow there was something infused in there that shifted the energy in my house. Right. I don't know. What do you think about that? Um, yeah, it's possible. I mean, going back to what you were originally saying about the, the, the kind of residual element of it all and um, kind, kind of brushing upon what I said originally as well. Um, residual energy is, uh, believe it or not, is the, the theory behind that is, is defined in science because energy does transfer into matter. Like uh, heat transfers into metal, that kind of thing. That, that's an energy transfer. So that, that concept, and uh, over the years with uh, investigating, I, I wholeheartedly believe that most of the investigations I go to, um, 
majority of them are residual. And so that, you know, if it's residual energy in a home, why mm-hmm. can that energy be transferred to, say, an object? And, you know, and common terminology these days is dogs because, um, you know, uh, obviously they're creepy and the old dogs, uh, the old dolls do look creepy, the old Victorian ones and stuff like that. They come out of England and stuff like that. But it's a very um, a cherished item. For, uh, for mm-hmm. you know, a young child and stuff like that, and then that, uh, you know, that kind of theory behind it being is that 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 makes sense. But yeah. we've, you know, like you get things that uh, I've had uh, over the years when uh, just after the show came out with John Zavis show, mm-hmm. where he had that haunted objects, I had a whole array of people uh, contact me saying that there's you know various objects in their home were haunted. One guy even came forward and said. His uh, cooler, his beer cooler was haunted as well, and it was just like, yeah, very, very, very standoffish. I want a haunted beer cooler. That sounds so know, cool. It's, just, it's, it's <laughs> not ridiculous, and you know what? I try, I try not to be that kind of person. Just kind of shakes my head at things and, stuff and that kind of thing. But it, but it, it, it does happen, and uh, for me, uh, it's just it's it's funny at the same time. But obviously. Some people take that kind of seriously, and it's people like us that have to go in, in there to diffuse that issue that they're having. And uh, obviously, media, like I say, media plays a big part mm-hmm. on what's going on with these uh, sudden outbursts of haunted objects because everything's a demon now and everything's a haunted object. And uh, so, it, you know, it keeps us in work, per se, kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I, maybe it's because objects are more tangible. Like maybe it's yeah. easier to assign assign a ghost or spirit or an entity to an object that we can see and feel and touch. Maybe I don't know, but yeah. yeah. Um. So here's another thought. So I was reading an article from uh, Greg Newkirk, you know, from the Traveling Museum and of Paranormal and Occult, <coughs> and he they have a lot of cool objects, right? But he says really specifically, they don't they don't look as those objects necessarily as containers for a spirit, but possibly as like a telephone for just a vessel for something to use to communicate um, via that object. Have you ever heard of that theory? You know, what do you think? What are your thoughts on that? Well, that, that's kind of the premise behind spirit boards or Ouija boards as well. Is that, mm-hmm. is that, uh, is that conduit between uh, us and the spirit world, which it, it does make sense um, in in respect of the way it's dialed in and stuff like that, but it's it, it's that. Oh, I'm just trying to think. My brain's gone dead. It's just it's just that kind of um, the thought pattern in relation to would it ever be kind of consistent with uh, every time you use it and stuff like that. I mean, people these days they they want the thrills. They want to see a haunted object actually. You know, being haunted and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. with with me with the the objects I've got, um, it that it could very well be. I mean, this spirit board I've got here, all the ones I've got downstairs, and the various other things I've got with me could very well have been, you know, that haunted element to that one individual. But then, obviously, when once that got taken away from them, the activity stopped because it's not associated with that one individual. So, in respect to Greg, yeah, no, I believe that. Yeah. Yeah, well, and even like, I think everyone's experiences that they have are, I think, this is the theory that I have, are really specific to that particular person, which may explain why 
one, maybe two or three people have experiences with an object that nobody else has, right? And it's more about something that's using that doll to communicate to those people really specifically, right? So, um, so yeah, like the, it's, it's, but it's confusing. I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're sitting in your bedroom and the doll starts waving at you, I mean, that's what you're going to think. The doll's haunted, right? It's got, it's got a moving hand, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I've got, um, actually, we brushed, brushed upon it. I've got an object here that, um, it was only because a producer from the States, uh, from Ontario contacted me the other day. I've got, um, and these are actually real pills, uh, like a pearl necklace, uh-huh. um, like with a brooch pendant on it. No, I didn't take it off a client or anything like that. You took it off a that. dead body, didn't you, Pete? No, no, it's like, oh, uh, this was haunted, was it? Thank you very much. In my back pocket. <laughs> a $1,000 worth of stuff there. No, it's, uh, it actually belonged to my uh, my great-grandmother on my mum's side, and uh, she was very... Um, uh, she was very abusive to uh, to her kids, and they were like, um, there was one like my great grandmother. Sorry, no, it was, it was my great grandmother, and uh, she had like four boys who went off to the war, and uh, she also had uh, my grandmother, mm-hmm. and uh, like they, she was very abusive and stuff like that. And when 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 she died, um, obviously they went through the stuff, and my my nan took these. And uh, she, my, my name was very kind of black and white. She wouldn't, you know, say anything about the paranormal or anything like that. But she always felt that her mother was around when, when, when she had these, like, near to her and stuff like that. So she buried these in, in a drawer in her bedroom. And then um, a few years later, um, she actually gave them to my great uncle, which was her brother. And he, he had them in, in his house for probably about a year and he gave them back to my my nan because he said that uh, he felt that great grandmother was there kind of thing. But then uh, that those these pearls were handed to my mother, nothing, nothing, nothing whatsoever. So that, again, it, and it could be a more well, I guess it could stem back to the theory about um, is you know if a ghost is actually you know if, it, if it's our actual mindset whether the ghost is actually there, or is is a ghost and actual is actually that third party. But that's mm-hmm. a kind of a deeper conversation, but it, it, it was more to do with that. And uh, I, I found that very interesting. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I, I hear that. I think, I think really you, to your point and to what I was saying before, like it's more about a connection between the person who has the object perhaps and the person who owned it before. Like there may be some sort of transference of energy that exists there. Um, now, how do you see, I mean, do you do so? Do you believe then in the uh, science of psychometry? Like, do you you know, like, have you do you know people who can read objects and things like that? There might be a lot of people on here who don't know what psychometry is, yeah, but but I, it, I absolutely believe in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some people out there, and I know one person that actually uh, in BC basically called something out once on an investigation and uh, I I thought she was incorrect but uh, it was actually true about something that happened she actually got a penny an old three pence piece from the UK and she rubbed it and uh, she said that that actually belonged to me and it, it did at the time I, it, I I thought it was from an investigation where we found this three pence piece but it was actually the I picked up the wrong coin because I left it with all my other coins so oh, wow it's yeah there, there is parallels there. I, I believe in that kind of thing 
Yeah. Well, it's really fascinating. I mean, what you've, you can probably pick up from an object, right? And I, I know, I, I know I'm pretty sensitive to things and people who are on here, like I know Lisa's on here, like you, you walk into some places, antique stores, for instance, and they feel weird because it's full of all this residual energy from all these people. I've only tried psychometry like in a, a kind of in a laboratory setting one time and it was at a whisper meeting and Jill and Darren are like, oh, we're going to practice. And everyone had brought these objects in. I had never tried it before. I ended up getting a watch and we didn't know who they were from, but we just kind of did, you know, we felt them. We um, sat and kind of <clears throat> pondered whatever, tried to get some information off of them and we, we gave notes and then just kind of shared what we got. And I actually could describe the person who owned it and had these just like two or three other things that there's no way that I could have known. And I was surprised by it when I said it. I was terrified to say it out loud, right? Because I'm like, what if I sound like a complete idiot? But the woman who brought it, she's like, oh my God, you just described, I think it was like her uncle's watch or her grandfather's watch. And, um, and yeah, I mean, it was really fascinating, but you can, you can pick up some really cool information. Um, but again, that watch wasn't haunted. It just had the energy of a man who wore it on his wrist and it absorbed his energy for years and years and years, right? Um, that's a, a really, a, a different kind of concept. Um, yeah, so we can chat a little bit before before you go. What time? You said you had about 30 minutes, right? And I know you yeah, signed I'll go about another 10 minutes. So okay. Fine. Yeah. So what about people? So, oh, this is another thing I read in this article. So what do you think about, you know, there are, are, there are things in the world that were literally created by different cultures, right? Like old stone containers um, that were designed quite literally to carry the souls of loved ones to the, to the next, um, whatever realm, like they, they, you know, these different cultures that believed that they needed the help of the living to get there. Um, and I don't know if you've ever encountered any of those objects and, you know, like, does that mean they're haunted because they once may have actually carried the soul of someone? Do they hold on to that? But then it also comes back to the whole conversation about the Dybbuk box, right? Like, I was earlier thinking about that, and I'm like, I'm so confused about that right now, because there's all the, oh, the guy who did this, the guy he lied, and all of that, and, but what's sad to me is these people take these objects, right? Like, you think of these old containers that have this really beautiful cultural tradition to them, and could have something real about them. And then you have dumbasses that just take shit and ruin it and create extra stories and all this and totally rob like the culture of what that of what that, you know, first vessel even was. Now, at this point, I don't even know if a Dybbuk box even has a cultural um, connection because there's so much shit going around that. What, what do you know about those objects? Uh, the, the, the Dybbuk box is um, so... We did, I did, well, both me and Jason, uh, we did a lot of research for one of our shows, uh, Haunted, uh, Hunting the Haunted, mm-hmm. and it's, and you can Google it, I mean, it's there, like, it's there as a kind of a, uh, as, as defined on Google, but it's, 
it's an object that basically materialized out of nowhere and uh, this the story has no fabrication to it whatsoever there's no kind of uh there's no truth in it whatsoever and it's not me being skeptical or anything like that and it just the story came out of nowhere and all of a sudden this only box was there then then there were uh upteen amount of in, uh, in, inquiries to say that i've got this i've got the same box and i've got the same box and people were selling it on the ebay as well and then it ends up in uh zach baggins's haunted museum mm-hmm. um <laughs> It's you know straight out the gate without going too much into to allegedly what the story is and all that it kind of brings up you know your skeptical shoulders in relation to stuff like that. It's like what is your gain like? And there are numerous objects like that as well. Like um, you know, there's Harold the haunted doll and uh, there's tons of dolls that are out there in the media or, or, or objects that are allegedly been haunted, but there's no there's no truth in it. Like there, there's, there's been no formal investigation around any of those objects. Mm-hmm. And no, you know, and no, you know, decent evidence has come out of it, and yeah. it's it's just that media takeover, I guess, and it, it's it's popular at the moment. It's the same, like yeah. I say, it's the same theme as well. You know, what's troubling about that though. I I actually I watch all the shows, right? And you know that about me. And I watched the episode yeah. of. Um, Ghost Adventures, when they first investigated the Dybbuk box, when they first were introduced to it, and there was actually a rabbi, a, 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 a man who came on, and he he shared, I mean, this was, I don't know, this was easily five or six years ago, and he shared that there actually was a story, there was a connection um, that's held within their cultural beliefs about um, and I don't remember all of it, but he said it was um, had to do with a woman basically trying to lock away, you know, some sort of spirit that she didn't, that was, you know, that was not good. And she wanted to put it in there. And I, I can't remember all of it, but this man told a story as if this was a part of their cultural tradition. And um, it, it, it's, a, it's a story like that. It's not a story. It's, it's a part of their traditions in relation to... Uh, they do it, but it's like if they if they have like uh, like they want to get rid of like some kind of not spiritual cha- attachment or anything like that. But if they want to move on with their life, and uh, uh, they they will put you know they put it into a box mm-hmm. and uh, they will lock it away. And uh, that's you know, and that, that's a part of it. That's been a part of their culture for tens of thousands of years. But it's that box itself, and that's why I'm going to the story of that particular box. Yeah, it just materialized out of nowhere, and there's been. Apart from Bill Baggins, you know, doing a show on it and stuff like that, and it kind of, kind of dramatizing it all and stuff like that. But where's, where's the evidence behind that? And it, it hasn't, you know, we have, we haven't seen anything, and it's just stuck in a museum now. Yeah, yeah, no, and yeah, I'm glad you said that. I, I think it goes back to my comment about these kind of sacred cultural things totally being hijacked for the sake of, you know ooh and ah kind of things and um and you know who's to say there could be shit inside that box you don't want to let out so why would you open it someone put stuff in there that they didn't want to let out like why can't you just have respect for that i don't know just leave the box alone yeah exactly and it, and it goes back to the concept of uh those thrill seekers and uh, if, it, if there is any validity against it whatsoever like why would you even you know Fuck, sorry, mess with anything like that. It's just, 
it, it's someone you know it's, it, it's a it was apparently a part of someone's life and it was something you know something that they wanted to pass on in and uh people were now exploiting it if it, if it was actually true yeah it's the same well I, that guy i mean not that we want to talk about the dibbo box we can end it here but the guy who actually gave it to Zach, he came out. There's stories that he came out later and said he totally made up that whole story. And yet, that Dybbuk box still... I, I, I've been to the Haunted Museum. I actually thought it was pretty cool. It was a pretty cool museum. I went there a couple months ago. But that thing still has this prominent, loc- you know, like, like viewing area in that museum. And I was like, wait a minute, you know. And I guess that's because... Zach believes he's had experiences there with it. I don't, I don't know, but I don't know. I just, I'm not sure how appropriate it is, you know, to. It's actually funny. There's, there's a woman in Vancouver and uh, she used to be a part of Vancouver Paranormal Society many moons ago when I was president, president of there. And so I, I kind of got in touch with her, but um, indirectly I found out that she was mass producing these boxes and uh, she was selling them on eBay because I had um, I, I had two two of the um, two of the uh, clients come forward to say that I don't want to you know and obviously the power of suggestions gone straight into their head it's like oh this box you know this box is doing this to my life this box is doing that to my life like what what can I do with it Peter what can I do with it and I'm like you know just you know so I, I ended up sending sending it to taps and it was just like. Where, where does this all stop? And they, but the thing is about they're paying like three hundred bucks a pop. Yeah. For like a probably probably a wooden box that they, she bought from Michaels, and uh, she varnished it up a bit and scratched it up a bit and sold it as a haunted box. Yeah. <laughs> you know what though? Here's the thing. I think that as paranormal investigators, when people, you know when they're so inclined to believe something and so inclined to believe that there's an interaction happening with this object, my question to them would be, why do you think you're, you are having this with this box? Because I think people, right? We, if I go to the store today and I buy a cool box within, you know, a matter of days, that, box is going to hold my own energy some of it right like and if I have this issue going up but I don't know I think like for me I'd say that person so what is it that it's trying to tell you right it doesn't have anything to do with the box it's just going back to the this is a telephone something is speaking to you and telling you you're a dumbass this is the only reason we can get through to you is if you believe this dipic box is speaking the whole telephone thing I don't know it's funny. I think people search for things in objects because because they want to know the answer to something or because maybe something's trying to communicate with them that's otherworldly. I don't know, but it's not the same as a haunted object, right? It's not the same. But Yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah, I don't know. There's all sorts of, but I don't I don't think it's, you know, you don't have these objects that are turning their heads and I, I, I find that really hard to believe that that would actually happen. But I'll be the first one to uh, to admit I'm wrong should it happen. And you'll be the first person I tell when I see a doll's head twist on its body on its I know, own. You know what? Um, I'm, I'm very skeptical about a lot of things in this field. And 
I use the term skeptical. I'm not a total non-believer. Um, I'll, you know, I will definitely eat my hat one day in a lot of things that I've, I've called out in the past, and uh, not so much haunted objects and stuff, but people like in the media as well. But essentially, over the years, and you can, you're you obviously vouch for this as well. Over the years, I've become more skeptical mm-hmm. in relation to the field, and it's not because I have to be, but. Well, no, it's a case of I have to be because it's uh, over the last two decades. It's become it's become more theatrized. Yeah. What we do. Well, and it, 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 you know, you see things on video, you see things on YouTube now. You mm-hmm. see, like, uh, oh, I got attacked because I was playing with a Ouija board and stuff like that. Oh, I I could believe, you know, I could believe anything could happen in the field and stuff like that, but. I wouldn't believe at the same time that you would put it on YouTube and have six million hits on it at the same time and make it more uh, a Hollywood drama kind of thing. And it's just things like that. Um, you kind of take a step back because there are legitimate people out there that have been, you know, uh, have had those, you know, adverse effects from haunted objects, Ouija boards, perhaps, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But they, the ones that have legitimately come forward to me, keep themselves more personal. Yeah. They don't tell the world about. Um, you know, what's happened to them and stuff like that. I mean, the first step for them is to contact someone like me or someone like you. And mm-hmm. once they get past that threshold, you know, they've opened a, a little door. They don't want to go tell, show, put it on YouTube and uh, advertise the fact that their house is, you know, that there's activity in their house. Well, yeah, because you know what? If you were to see something like that, if you were to experiencing experience a doll move that shouldn't be moving, I mean my first thought would be I'm losing my mind, right? Like I'm not going to blast that onto YouTube. I'm going to, I'm going to find somebody who might be able to tell me if I'm losing my mind or not, you know? So yeah, I know the whole TV thing, which is really sad too, because there's a lot of really credible people doing questionable things even on TV for the sake of TV, which is disappointing. But um, yeah. It's it's right. I mean, people, once you once you get to that line in the sand of going over to TV, we got like you know, even with my documentary show, it's you know, and, and it feels like sometimes I'm kind of contradicting the things that I've said in the past as well. But I I wholeheartedly know that when on my documentary show, everything that you see on there is what as to what we do, and uh, but you know you take that step back, and then I've seen comments made on YouTube on media and stuff like that about oh, you're full of shit, this and that, stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, you know, if I, if I was there, I'd probably probably think the same as well because there's upteen amounts of shows, YouTube shows with do, people doing similar, similar kind of thing. What yeah, I think you guys, though, are, it's the most re- realistic approach to what we do. And those those are just trolls. Those are just people who don't have anything better to do, so they want to tell you you're stupid and you don't know what you're doing and it's fake. But, I mean, it's you guys, like, watching your show, I mean, every few episodes do you have something that's really stand out, right? Because that's how it is. It's not like, oh, we get all this stuff happening every time we go into a location. Um, and that's... It, it, it's, quite, it's kind of funny because originally when we, when we envisioned the show, it was going to be that not every place we go to and we've been to has activity mm-hmm. and we wanted to show that yeah but it's the the, the ones like it, it's been a spindle over the last couple of years where we just with that domino effect we've gone from one place to another one place to another where things have legitimately happened and it's like 
just need to take a step back because it's becoming, it's becoming the show like ghost adventures and stuff like that. You know, I don't shout demon and stuff like that, but it's that it's at a point now where it's you know we we have to do a couple of boring investigations, I think, just to kind of even things out. Yeah. Yeah, well, just going, I know you need to go. I'm going to really quickly, I don't know if anyone's listening in that might have a question for Pete before he goes. Um, Put that in the comments right now. Uh, But, you know, there's a reason that when you go to a, like a haunt or to an antique shop or anything, when you buy something new, especially if you're really sensitive, you tend, a lot of us cleanse it. Like we try to release energy or we smudge it or we do whatever, especially if it's really old. Because it does hold on to energy and people can feel that, right? So what may feel like haunting may just be how someone perceives the energy that's held within an object. And I'm just, this kind of just thought came to mind, like someone who's having dreams that show up after an object came or they just walk into their room and it feels different like I had with that, that book. Um, so I think people can have very real experiences with objects, but it comes down to, um, you know, just does that mean it's haunted or does that just mean that it's got this residual energy from something really meaningful, whether good or bad, that is aligned with it? So that's kind of 99.9% of what we do as paranormal investigators. We're, um, you know, you go into any client residential case or anything like that and uh everything's misinterpreted because the first natural reaction from anyone is fear and mm-hmm. that's that that's that's exactly probably what comes from these alleged haunted objects as well it's just that that perhaps that overlap with the unknown and that all of a sudden you know they've used they've, they've been used for up to an amount of years by and everything new and then they get this one object and uh it kind of curls their senses up because they're not used to feeling what they felt before then uh, you know, and that automatically strikes fear into them because yeah. they're, they're walking the threshold that they've never walked before kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and that's no, like you said, that's no, let is like when people walk into spaces. And I think if you're, if you're new to reading energy, you you feel a shift and you automatically think it's something scary and bad. Right. But it's just yeah. different. It's just different. And it's something that's there and maybe it is something trying to, to communicate with you that's what we're always trying to figure out right as paranormal investigators is this really something trying to communicate but yeah it's that misinterpretation of you know of experiences even like pushes like something pushes you it doesn't mean they're trying to push you down the stairs it might just be the little last bit of energy they had to like get in contact with you and that kind of thing it's just it's all perception right it's all perception and going back to that is the way the way i when i speak to clients and stuff like that it when you when you get that kind of touch that feel and stuff like that and uh their, their first reaction is fear because obviously you know they felt something out of nowhere but it would be like if, if i you know if i walked up to you in the street and i'm trying to talk to you but you can't see me you can't hear me my first natural reaction is trying to grab your arm yeah and that's kind of what i feel in relation to that as well and it's mm-hmm. You know, we're in that. In, we're we're looking at a, uh, a another world, or you know, a parallel wherever, where they can't. You know, they we can just about get a you know a voice coming through. We can just about hear something moving around and stuff like that. And there isn't that constant. And uh, you know, obviously, when when those things come forward, we react. You know, we react with fear. 
Yeah. Well, and just kind of bringing it full circle back to the notion of a doll and the idea between a container or a telephone. Maybe something has been trying to get in touch with you, but now the only the only way they're going to get your attention is because they're going to make the doll do something weird. You know, it's not about the doll so much; it's just being used as a as a vessel to communicate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay, awesome. Hey, thanks for coming on. It was awesome. Thank you, Lauren. Yeah. And, uh, thanks for everyone tuning in, and uh, have a wonderful evening, everyone. All right. Thank you, Pete. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right, Lisa. Hey, Pete. The border's open. Yeah, I chatted with him about the other day. Summertime. Um. Anyway, you guys, it was pretty cool conversation so far. Um, I'm wondering if anyone has. There's only a couple of you on here, probably so far. Um, and those of you who listen in later or watch the replay, if you have a question at any time, um, uh you know, comment your question and I'll, I'll respond to you in the comments on the, um, on the replay thread. I'd love to do that. Um, wish you could be here with me having this conversation. Um, those of you who are listening, Jacqueline, Lisa, what, what are your ideas about, um, haunted objects? I know Lisa, you definitely have something. I'd love to know it. And while you're typing, you know, I was thinking about this. I was totally the little kid who would get my all my dolls and things set up in my room and uh and be you know playing with them for a bit and then go to leave my room, close the door and then just like moments later open it really quickly thinking I was going to catch my dolls doing things, right? Um and I can remember doing this all the time when I was little. But what makes me laugh about it is if you really saw your dolls doing stuff wouldn't you be absolutely terrified about that like wouldn't it just scare the shit out of you so it's kind of funny um yeah I, I believe you probably did that too but I think people like us wouldn't be f afraid of that right like I don't know generally speaking people would be utterly terrified if their dolls tried to interact with one another or with them um, but I was always waiting for them to do that. And maybe that's because we could already sense something coming off of them from previous owners or whatnot. I don't know, but it's totally funny. I think about that. Like, I can just really vividly remember doing that. Never caught them. They never did anything. Um, we were talking about the museum a little bit. And I, I'm going to say, you know what? As ridiculous as Zach can be, his museum is actually pretty well curated it's it's actually kind of fascinating um and there's some cool stuff and some cool history I actually particularly liked um um like the uh the room on serial killers that was just the history and just kind of I don't know I'm the person that likes to watch weird serial killer documentaries so maybe that makes it weird but just on that note there was a lot of stuff in there and um we went in there in March. I actually didn't feel much of anything the, except for in one place. And the person who was with me, he felt it too. When we went into the haunted doll closet. Now we paid extra money to have these extra little opportunities. We had the, the VIP access. And we went into this closet, which was probably only... Um, Gosh, I'm really bad at estimating like measurements and stuff, but it was probably only like mm, 
an eight by 10 room. It was like a closet, like an eight by 10. And that might be generous. Eight by six by eight, maybe even um, space. And we both walked in there and went, oh, it feels really weird in here. And, you know, it was full of dolls, like floor to ceiling dolls, creepy looking dolls. But it was also a small closed in space with a lot of stuff that could absorb the energy of every single person that ever entered into that space. So it may not even been the dolls we were feeling. It was just the residual energy from the, well, yeah, from the dolls, but also all of the people who'd ever entered that, many of whom were probably kind of scared when they went in, which I think when we have those heightened emotions, they leave residue that's a little thicker and more, um, evident. So anyway, that, that was kind of an interesting experience, but I think again, it kind of rounds out this whole discussion about how energy, you know, can reside in things and whether that's really haunting or it's just something we can feel because of that. So, uh, um, Jacqueline says Marcus Buckingham interviewed a hotel worker who enjoyed putting children toys. in. (laughs) Yeah. That would be kind of fun, actually. But I imagine there would be a split down the middle of kids who were terrified about the fact that it happened or kids that thought that was really fun. Um, But, yeah, I think it would be more fun to just move people's stuff, (laughs) like move it to a completely weird place. And when they come back, they're like, I know I put it here and then it's not there. Um because that has happened. I mean, we can talk about, in a whole nother episode, we could talk about the manipulation of objects, because even that doesn't happen very often. Like having things um, that move, like you would swear. Now, here's the thing. Unless you have a video or some proof of where that object was, you can always kind of go back in your head and go, I just must have forgotten, right? Unless you have things like that happening repeatedly and repeatedly. Um Let's see, uh, Lisa says, I'm going to pull this up so I can read a little better. I personally don't have anything haunted. However, I have tapped into tangible objects. And like you mentioned earlier, been able to see a spirit utilizing that object or attached to that object. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that that's totally possible. Um, you know, yeah, no, I think you can. You can get senses and pictures and images of people. It's the same thing when we go into into a a house and I think that's the hardest thing for those of us who have do those kinds of readings Lisa right is to be able to go is this just energy that's here or or is this something trying to communicate with me but um sometimes we see things we don't want to see right and that and other information will come through that informs what we're seeing but a lot of times we'll get images of people and it just might be someone who lived there before that's happened to me a couple of times um let's see Jacqueline says if I I've had that experience of feeling places more than objects like civil war locations cemeteries old buildings absolutely absolutely I had that experience just today in a cemetery and and the truth is I don't feel that every time I go in a cemetery um and I don't know if it's like the day of the week the year whatever um but or sometimes something realizes. But yeah, the cemetery I went in today, I could I could really um I could really feel it and I was actually drawn to touch a few of the tombstones because of it. It was really, really palpable um to be doing to be doing that and walking through. It was weird. 
and like I said, ge- you know, generally cemeteries are really peaceful places for me. And I just love to go and see the history and, you know, say some prayerful words for people and, you know, that kind of thing. But it was a little weird, a little weird today in the cemetery. Um, so anyway, you guys, thank you for, um, for watching, for listening later. Um, thanks to Pete for coming on and chatting with me for a bit. Um, and like I said, if you watch later and you have questions, um, that come up as you're watching, please, please comment in um, the comment section and, um, I will do my best to, to react to you and, um, yeah. It's a pretty cool conversation and I'd love to know if there are people out there actually who've had um, um, their own experiences I want to know I mean like I said I find it hard to believe that dolls twist on all dolls heads twist on their body and stuff like that um, but I do think that a spirit could certainly use a doll as a vessel, as a telephone, as a way to communicate to us. Um, and if we're not really thinking about the situation, we might perceive that as a haunted object, right? So anyway, you guys, thanks for chiming in to this Whiskey and Weird episode on Haunted Dolls and Objects. Um, and thank you for uh, my my listeners, viewers, who the last two weeks, my themes, my topics have been um, suggestions from from folks who have watched or listened in. So if you ever if you ever have an idea of something you want me to chat about or a conversation that would be of interest to you, please don't hesitate to suggest it. Um, and I will see y'all next week. Have a wonderful, 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 wonderful day and a great week ahead. All right, be well, everybody, and stay weird.